This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Breaking news, the Bears did sign a defensive tackle. I'm going to share with you in the audience my three quarterbacks that are worthwhile uh, in terms of a a, a late-round draft pick, maybe day three perhaps. But most intrigued by the Chicago Tribune this morning, chicagotribune.com, where you pose the possibility of the Bears drafting one of my favorite players in this draft – but I don't know if he's right for the Bears or not. Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas, make your case, yes or no. He's right for everybody. That's what I would say is he's right for everybody. It's just who feels like they're at a position where they can add a luxury when they have a lot of needs. And so as I wrote in the piece, David, as you referenced at ChicagoTribune.com, there are 125 reasons to justify not picking Bijan Robinson. That would make perfect sense. And everyone would just move on and go on with their day, their month, their week, their year. But four years from now, we're going to be looking back at B. John Robinson being drafted in this draft and saying, as a lot of draft analysts and talent evaluators in the NFL are saying now, he's one of the top four or five players in the league uh, or in this draft class, rather. And he's going to have an instant and profound impact on whatever team he joins. It's just that it comes back to that, that positional value debate about the running back position and how much you're willing to be flexible when someone special like B. John Robinson is comes into that equation and makes you think twice. And really my entire uh, premise of, of the piece was that the bears just have to make sure they do their homework on this. They have to make sure that they have discussions like we're going to have right here thoroughly comprehensively, and just make sure that they, they understand the type of talent that they are passing on. If they chose to go in another direction, what role does need play? What role does the fact that, okay, you look at free agency, they signed Dante Foreman. I think he could be 
more of a workhorse than people maybe believe right now because they're so used to David Montgomery getting used to that idea of him being gone. You have Foreman, you've got Khalil Herbert. They try also Travis Homer from the Seahawks, who probably is a special teamer. But yeah. Dan, there is not an obvious need at running back. How do you factor in that with the idea that this could also be on some people's draft boards, the number one player or running back uh, outside of the quarterback position, the number one player overall, and he could be the best running back available in the draft since Saquon Barkley. Todd McShay lists him as his fourth best prospect in this draft class behind Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Anderson. And so wow. <laughs> that's where he currently has him. And obviously Jalen Carter has fallen out of that, that equation in, in Todd McShay's mind. And so when you're talking about a guy that is a top four, top five talent in the draft class, you have to consider that. Now, what the Bears did in free agency is what you should do in free agency. And it's you should set yourself up to be flexible on draft weekend, to not be driven by need, to not say, hey, this is a position we have to fill at the running back position. That's what they did. Now, we know that they left themselves a lot of holes to fill offensive line, defensive line, and it pushes them into having to um, consider need maybe more prominently than they otherwise would have. We always talk about best, best player available versus need, and we all know that it's a combination of both of those things that drive draft decisions. My premise here, again, like I'm fine if they pass on Bijan Robinson and he goes somewhere else because I understand that they have to use this premium pick on a, uh, on something that will fill a hole. But they also have to make sure that the person that they pick and make the headliner of their 2023 draft class is a guy who is a major difference maker for a long time. And that's where the 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 possibility of B. John Robinson intrigues me because this is the organization that brought you Michael Haynes and Mark Colombo and Gabe Karimi and Kevin White and so many first round picks that didn't amount to anything. When you have a sure thing on the table, you have to consider it. And so um, look like you can't get blinded by the idea that we're already solid at that position. Special is special. And you have an offense that, as we talked about in our last episode, has been, you know, outside, uh, has been in the bottom 10 in, in yards and scoring for four consecutive seasons, five consecutive right. seasons now. Right. You have to you have to make some considerations there uh, to 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 add difference makers, playmakers. We all can watch the tape. We all can break it down. The Barkley comparison is one some have made. What about his style stands out to you? Who would be your comp and how quickly might he adapt to the NFL in terms of the jump up. I think from Texas yeah. to the NFL is an easy leap to make. We've seen it before. Also, Dan, I, I have to ask this because it's been an issue this offseason. Scheme-wise, there's a couple things, David. Like the, the, the first thing is, is like there's a combination of speed and power and balance and vision here that as a runner, I have zero questions that by November we're going to be going, okay, B. John Robinson's a legitimate uh, standout back in the NFL. You throw on top of that the idea that he has been reliable in pass protection at Texas, and you don't have to take him off the field on third down. You throw in the idea that that there are some people that believe that he hasn't shown at Texas what he will show in the NFL in terms of being a pass catcher and a guy who can help you in that aspect of the game. And so it's just this complete package here. The Bears can figure out a way to use him. The question now is, is, is kind of how much help do you need to get Justin Fields up front 
versus how much help you need to get him with his playmaking core. And you obviously feel pretty good about the running backs that you mentioned. You feel better about the receiving core and add in Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon in terms of the group of pass catchers there. So now you're just trying to, to, again, do everything you can to solidify an offense to bring out the best in Justin Fields. And you have to answer those questions internally on whether adding a guy that, that could take some pressure off of Justin Fields as a runner, uh, a guy that could take some pressure off in terms of being a, a, a nice release valve to hit on checkdowns or screen passes and other things could could take some some of that um, emotional mental physical toll off off Justin Fields that we talked about that he went through last year and so you just gotta you gotta figure out what it's worth like what's special worth versus what is the the positional value in the NFL understanding that you can get difference makers on day three um you know the Bears best running backs uh, in in the last you know 20 years you got Matt Forte was a second round pick Jordan Howard was a day three guy David Montgomery was a day two guy so you don't have to you don't have to swing in round one I think this is just a unique case because this is a special back and everyone believes that he's as close to a can't miss prospect in a draft that you're ever going to find in this business. And, and so that's just something that you have to um, at least be curious about and make sure you, you go through the, the process of, of sounding it out. I think he could be the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to be taken by a team that is able to plug and play, a team that doesn't have Philly. glaring needs, and somebody who – yeah, Philadelphia makes a lot of sense, and, and you think there are possibilities there. Here's a question I would throw at you, David. We obviously know what Saquon Barkley has been for the New York Giants, and we know that he hasn't been the engine of a championship team, but they did have a, a bit of a breakthrough in 2022. He was united with Brian Dable. Uh, he, he, he stayed healthy for an entire season and produced at a level that helped the Giants get into the playoffs. He produced at a level that made the organization feel better about who Daniel Jones is. And so when we're having these conversations about whether Justin Fields is a no-doubt top-tier starter in the NFL or whether he's potentially a long-term middle-tier guy that you're going to have to work around, I think you do have to consider whether he has uh, you know, the, the, the weaponry around him to bring out the best in him. And so I'd just be curious to, to, to get your take on whether the Giants' investment, which was a number two overall pick five years ago, was worth it. They're now having to pay Saquon Barkley and they're now trying to take the next step as a team with a running back who's obviously used a lot of a lot of mileage to this point. I always think it's worth it to get players who are premium players. So you get Saquon Barkley and he is he is what they often we often refer to as a generational talent. So there's no doubt in my mind they did the right thing. Now they're going to have to pay him, they had to get the quarterback and they have to get the new coach, but you, it's 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 better to have a player to try to build around than to not have one and keep looking for that guy. And I think that the example would be here in Chicago where you have Justin Fields. It's like the same question. Even though Justin Fields is requiring you to, you know, adjust the way that you approach the having the number one overall pick and getting all the things in place, you would rather have the generational talent, the core piece to build on foundationally than without that guy. So absolutely. Now, that's what gives me pause in saying that the Bears should just pass on B. John Robinson. Is B. John Robinson that guy? Saquon Barkley, I think, went second overall. I don't know if B. John Robinson is, is that good to where you would justify that because of the need for quarterbacks with other teams in the draft. But it's, it's not as easy or as clear-cut as it sounds. And so the Giants, I think, did make the right choice then, even though it's been difficult to where, get to where they are now. 
Robinson ran for 2,700 yards and 29 touchdowns in his last two years at Texas, right? And so there, there's there's proven production, and it's production that clearly translates. You, Jim Nagy, who was a scout in the NFL for for 18 years and is the executive director of the uh, the Senior Bowl, tweeted something out earlier in the week and said that he he, he was finishing up his <laughs> his Bijan Robinson review and saw a guy who looked like the All State kid uh, playing with the JVs. Right. And, and and so you understand what this looks like at a high level of Division One football, FBS football and how it can translate to the NFL. Again, I'm not I'm not pushing the Bears to do this. I'm not saying they'd be wrong if they didn't do this. I just think it's one of these conversations that in an offseason where we have spent so much time and energy talking about how they control their destiny and they control the NFL and they've got all these options available to them. It's a conversation that has to be had at a, a deep level. And and you figure it is being had at a, at a deep level up at Hallis Hall. And then ultimately you hope that when, again, when the dust settles after the draft, we learn a little bit more about what those conversations were at Hallis Hall and how Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and their staff kind of felt about it. Three weeks from Friday will be the day we start to evaluate what the Bears did in the first round. Looking forward to that. The time keeps winding closer. And, Dan, the Bears keep making moves. So moving on from our running back discussion to an area of of greater need, and it remains one, is the defensive line. The Bears signed Rasheem Green, or was it – mean Joe green or how did they tweet out uh, uh, the the bears had a nice tweet that welcomed him to town. And I think that's great to be, have enthusiasm about uh, he's a mean green fighting machine says the bears Twitter page. Welcome to Chicago, Rashim green. How does he fit Dan? Yeah. I mean, this is a, a, a depth piece, right? And this is where we are in free agency. This is a, a player who was drafted in the third round at a Southern Cal in 2018, spent his first four years in the league with the Seahawks. Last year, had a one-year deal with the Texans and is now uh, getting a new opportunity with the Bears. We talked about opportunity, and there's an opportunity here to carve out a niche for yourself uh, on the defensive line. Uh, edge rusher uh, with, with some situational pass rushing ability, and, and you just hope that you can squeeze something out of them. Again, this is a, there's going to be a lot of these, uh, you know, who signings, right, that, that we're going to see over the next six or seven weeks? <laughs> just a guy. Tell me he's not just a guy. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you that. He's, he's, just, he's just a guy that's brought in for depth. And, and again, we'll get into the spring. Sometimes guys surprise you. Other times they're, you know, guys that just play in the preseason for you and you find better options and you move on. But I do think, it, you know, it, 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 at a minimum, again, you are trying to put yourself in a position where three weeks from now, you are not just absolutely solely motivated by need. And we have stressed and emphasized and and put the spotlight on how much need the Bears have on their defensive front. At least this minimizes it just a little bit. But again, we talk about Ryan Pulse. He says, move the needle, right? Like R- R- Rasheem Green is not moving the needle for this team. Uh, certainly not the way B. John Robinson would. And so we'll see where they go from here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We had a conversation on the Mully and Haas show on Friday morning about how Mully asked, uh, convinced him that the Bears did not have the worst defensive line in the NFL. It was a hard argument to make, Dan, because when you look at who they've added, Andre Hastings, Demarcus Walker, and now Rasheem Green, these are guys that would qualify under the category of pedestrian defensive linemen. Veterans, yes, accomplished maybe, but to me, that glaring need has not been fully addressed. I wonder how that question will be answered after the draft, but as we sit here right now, how how can you tell me the Bears' front four is any different or better than it was last year? I can't. And again, we're, we're, we're stuck here. And, we, you know, look like they've got one more opportunity here through the draft and then whatever they do in that little uh, undrafted free agency slash street free agent wave that follows the draft. They have things that they need to shore up and they're not going to get it all done. And I think everyone is a little bit disappointed that in an off season where you had all this salary cap space that we talked about forever, that it was going to give them an opportunity to go do just about whatever they wanted in free agency, right? Like that was kind of the, the talking point. Well, they didn't do just about whatever they wanted. They missed out on a bunch of defensive tackles. They weren't necessarily heavily involved in the edge rusher market in free agency. And now you just have to draft well. You have to draft well this year. You have to draft well next year. You have to draft well in 2025. And when you zoom out, like we like to do here, you just notice how far away they are from being a team that is so full of talent and difference-making talent that they can make legitimate runs at at multiple champions over, over a four- or five-year run. They're nowhere near that right now and so you understand why Ryan Poles feels the pressure to assemble a, a really really solid and reliable and hopefully talentful draft class three weeks from now. So Rasheem Green represented the news the Bears did make this week. I found it interesting that you wrote about the news they didn't make this offseason. Again, not to necessarily push your reporting, but it was a very interesting story that you had on chicagotribune.com about the pursuit of certain defensive linemen in free agency and whether it was Javon Hargrave or, or Draymond Jones uh, with the Seahawks, how the Bears were in it to a point. They were kind of maybe sort of interested in and spending their money on on their biggest needs or one of the biggest two needs, yet they fell short in being able to attract those. And one of the most interesting nuggets that you reported, Dan, was that inside Hallows Hall, there was a sense of deflation when they found out that the 49ers had signed Hargrave to the contract that they signed him to, which represented, even though he's 30, <laughs> that was a sizable investment. And the reaction in Hallows struck me as telling because they realized what we have been talking about they need defensive linemen who will make an impact. Well, I thought it was really interesting to hear from Hargrave himself, who uh, obviously was blown away by the deal he got from the 49ers. They see him as a piece that can push them over the top and make them the team that's winning the NFC and, and potentially the Super Bowl. Uh, and so, he, you know, he said, look, like when you go into free agency, there's there's some, some anxiety because you you think that in order to get paid the way you des- you think you deserve to get paid, sometimes you got to go join a, a, a team that's not 
built to contend. Well, he goes and joins a team that played for the NFC Championship last season and has been in the mix here for the last few years. And so he was ecstatic to have not only the opportunity to win, but the opportunity to cash in the way he did. And the Bears uh, just couldn't compete in that regard. Um, Draymond Jones, another guy that, that like they like certain things about his game, but weren't fully certain that he is strong enough that that maybe he's more of a finesse defensive tackle and a guy that doesn't always win with second and third moves and so then that affects your valuation you do your evaluation and then you set a valuation and so when it gets past a certain point you have to have look we went into free agency saying that ryan was going to be driven by patience and discipline this was an example where he had to push himself away from that that auction and say you know best of luck and congrats to the seahawks for getting him and and this is where it gets hard and this is where i have to be very um, honest with myself and look in the mirror and make sure that I'm not being hypocritical because you can't tell people for years, as I do, that it's a flea market, that it's a garage sale, that free agency doesn't always get you what you think it's getting you, and then bash a team for being like, well, I don't know if that's going to get us what, what, what we think it's going to get us, right? Like th- This takes a couple years to see how these investments that other teams make pan out. More often than not in free agency, the big money investments don't mm-hmm. turn out to be um, the you know the 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 bullseye. They they don't hit the sweet spot, and so um, we can be disappointed. But I think we also have to understand what is driving Ryan and how wedded he is to the philosophy of of not being panic stricken and not being like, hey, I got a ton of money to spend, so I may as well spend it. Again, you know, like this is an episode that we can pull up in April of two thousand and twenty five and go. How did it turn out? How did Draymond Jones do? How did Javon Hargrave do? How did those contracts turn out if those guys are getting cut and signing somewhere else? And, and so it's I, like I just want to make sure that I don't I don't say the Bears whiffed on everything. They whiffed on everything after saying, like, don't expect them to hit on everything because they have to be patient and disciplined in order to stay the course on a long, hard journey that they're on right now. Well, that's a very reasonable response, and I appreciate your rationale there. <laughs> but um, I have to repeat what I said on the air this morning on Friday morning was that. I get all that. I just felt like the Bears went into this offseason armed with cap space and and reputed to be the, the team that's going to control the offseason. And I think that right now they have shown me that they're going to be the most fiscally responsible 7-10 and 10 team in the league because they, they are – seven wins. That's a huge jump. <laughs> well, I yeah, mean, I, I guess, I guess. But you get my point is that if you want to swing big – then don't check swing. And this feels like a check swing on a, a, for a fastball that's down the middle and, and you, you really need to connect here. And right now, as we've been talking about, the defensive line remains one of the worst in football. And so if you do have a glaring need like that and you do have the money to spend, I'm more forgiving, I think, if I am evaluating whether or not they overpaid or overspent or got a little drunk with the, the the money that they, the cash that they have on hand because they need to. And sometimes you need to take those chances. You don't always need to take them. And it's a fascinating discussion because this is where I've been kind of um, stuck on this conversation for months now, because I, I like the bears aren't, in a position to go for it right now. I said going into free agency, they're not in splurge and surge mode where you, where you make some big spent expenditures and now all of a sudden you're a championship contender. They're so far from that that I think Ryan's patient and disciplined approach is the right one to take here. The problem is, is that we have a collection of um, followers of the Bears and fans of the Bears that that thought this was the time to just make this this giant springboard leap that the the, the draft capital and the free agent capital was going to propel them into this mix of uh, being a top 
10 to, to 14 team in the league, they're not there right now. And so what's going to be fascinating to me is if they go six and 11, if they go on your optimi- through your optimistic lens, seven and 10 in 2023, what is the reaction going to be here? How much patience that was afforded to the bears in 2022 is going to be obliterated in 2023. And how will that then affect how Ryan feels like he's doing about his job? Because you know that that noise can get really loud and it can create pressure and it can create pressure that creates decisions that you don't necessarily want to make. And so that's why we're in this fascinating time following the Chicago bears, because it's complicated and the quick fixes don't exist. And if you get eager to chase the quick fixes, all of a sudden you you, you, you sometimes put yourself in positions that are, uh, you know, two steps back to take one step forward. It depends how you get there. If you're seven and ten, it depends how you get there. If you're five and twelve, it depends on how you play and what you show. I, I guess what I'm asking too is that if you are going to go out and you're going to really heavily invest in two linebackers, then you stop short and you get a little bit uh, fiscally responsible uh, in the approach to defensive tackles. That's fair. I, I wonder if you're buying the accessories, but not, you can't afford the suit. That's or, fair. You know, I think one goes with the other. So if I, it, like David, I think that's a really fair point. And one of the things that has worried me about this is Matt Eberflus's attraction to linebackers. He was a linebackers coach. He played linebacker and they obviously felt like Tremaine Edmonds was going to be the guy that was um, the engine of this defense with the way they paid him and invested in him. I think you and I both agree that, you know, cut some money off of that contract, pay that extra money to a Draymond Jones or a Javon Hargrave or even a Dalvin Tomlinson or a David Onyemata and get your front short up first and then figure out if Jack Sanborn can play at a high level as an undrafted guy out of Wisconsin, you know, you can find somebody to go play that position, right? That, that, that's, that's a little cheaper and that can give you um, some impact. And so, th- like, I think that part of the discussion is, is entirely valid uh, and it's worth keeping under the, the microscope for as long as this discussion goes on. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we're uh, are we done talking about defensive tackles? That's okay. Uh, are we done talking about um, uh, guys that they have signed off the street and running back possibilities? That's okay because I want to get to where the point of the program where I know that I'm right. Um, and and <laughs> for that, me, that's the whole show. Of course, that's the whole show. That's always the whole show. But here's the here's the point that I want to get to is that I promised, and you assigned me homework of finding. A few quarterbacks, three of them, I think, that they could justify drafting on day three between rounds four through seven. Yep. And I have found three names so to consider. I am like – I'm a proud parent over here. And it's like, you know, it's like your, your kid coming home with a report card that says, uh, did his homework and more, you know, put in the extra effort. And I like, I love that about you. It makes you a great teammate. That was an assignment that most people would have said, yeah, whatever. The teacher's not going to check it. You went and did it. And I'm proud of you for that, David. Thank you very much. Because I know that I'm going to get 100 on this because I believe that they could use one of these three guys starting with 
the UCLA Bruins quarterback, <laughs> of, uh, formerly of the UCLA Bruins. Now he's going to be probably, I don't know, what, fifth, sixth round. I could see the Bears taking a flyer on Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yes, he is a scrambler. Yes, he has designed runs in his background. Yes, he can get the extra yard. He can drive the football over the middle. He can do whatever he wants. He is a he's one of these guys that I loved to watch at Pac-12 after dark, whatever it was on Friday night. I am that guy that watches those games. So I have seen a lot of Dorian Thompson Robinson star for UCLA. And I do think that in 13 games last year, he completed a school record and the sixth best completion percentage in the country, 69.6%, 27 touchdowns, 10 picks. He rushed for 645 yards and 12 touchdowns. Dan, if you're looking for a guy that is a mini version of Justin Fields, a guy you could groom behind Justin Fields, Dorian Thompson Robinson is that guy worth that draft pick. Okay, that's one. I'm going to write him down as can't miss – uh, definitely worth gambling on. And when the Bears use that that uh, first pick on day three to get Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I'm going to go write the list of six defensive tackles that they passed on <laughs> that could have helped them shore up a defensive line that is one of the worst in football. And my shrug is going to be so <laughs> indifferent that it will make news. Okay, so that's my number one choice. Now, number two, if you get to the sixth or seventh round, and okay. you know, as I said, the UCLA kid is off the board, then you're the Bears, and you're like, hmm, who could we get stylistically similar to Justin Fields, a guy we wanted to develop, a guy that's not going to make Dan Weeder roll his eyes or elicit memories of Dan Lefevre or Nathan Enderley. This is that guy, Houston quarterback Clayton Toon. Yes, he has gotten some gotten some interest from other teams. He's got visits and workouts with the Bucks, the Rams, the Steelers, the Giants, Ooh. the Saints, the Browns, all, te- all teams – that are interested in him, including his hometown Texans. Yes, he is a hot commodity because why you ask? Well, he posted (laughs) 11,994 passing yards in his career, 104 touchdowns in five years at Houston. And you know what else he can run 1,248 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns. Yeah. He turned the ball over. Yeah, accuracy wasn't great. He threw 41 picks, but he's a project. He's an athlete. He's a guy you can envision being your number three quarterback in developmental mode. Clayton Toon from Houston will be the second guy on my list. Did uh, Dan LaFevre just call and leave him a, a list of things to, to consider <laughs> for his short short spin through uh, OTA's minicamp and, and preseason action? He's going to have great stories to tell from his one training camp as an NFL prospect. Yes, I do think that would be applicable. <laughs> there but you never know you never know with these guys and I like the Flyers and plus Houston he could be the next uh, I don't think he's going to be the next Andre Ware necessarily but he could be the next who's the other guy from Houston that has succeeded Klingler? David Klingler no he didn't succeed Case Keenum yes Case Keenum that's the guy yeah why not Case Keenum <laughs> Case yeah, Keenum's yeah, had a decent NFL career, no? Still playing, yeah, still playing. Let's stereotype him and say okay. he's Case Keenum 2.0. Perfect. Bears got right. Case Keenum 2.0. I love it. So that's two, but I'm not going to finish up there because I said three names. I promise you three. Here's the third. Sounds like a country music star. Yes, we know him <laughs> from Georgia. Yes, we know him from his national championship past. Stetson Bennett is a guy oh. that has multiple skills, mobile quarterback, Mr. Accuracy, a winner, 
can learn any system, can adapt on the fly. I think Stetson Bennett is going to make an NFL team. Why not in Chicago? If you pass on the UCLA kid, if you're not lucky enough to get uh, play the right tune and draft the right Houston quarterback, maybe Stetson Bennett is your guy. The Georgia quarterback, who I don't think is going to go very high, he's going to be between five and seven in, in the draft. Stetson Bennett can do it all. He's got the college resume. I think he could be a guy that you would like to have holding a clipboard on Sunday afternoon. Because you've done so much research, I have to ask you, were, were he and Justin Fields on campus together at the same time? I think at one point in time they did cross paths. I think that Justin Fields and Clayton, I, I think I'm Stetson Bennett and Justin Fields did share a meeting room at one point in time. Uh, that's a very good question. I think, in, I think during the, National Championship Week. I may have referenced that, so I'm gonna have to double check that. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because you know what, Justin Fields left. <laughs> well, also, look like you you have him lined up as a potential country music superstar as well. We well, are it sounds uh, like it. look, Dan, with a name like Stetson Bennett in Georgia, you're either gonna be a country music star or a senator. Well, you and I are the, the the promoters and the organizers and the marketers of the No Excuses Tour, so we can get Stetson Bennett to play uh, an opening act. It'll probably be wherever the Bears, you know, road preseason games are. And he can, he can go out there and, and open for Justin while Justin stands on the clipboard and talks to people on the sideline on TV and, and says, yeah, boy, I can't wait for the regular season because there's no chance in hell that I'm coming out here to, to, to risk my health in preseason football action. And if it works out, maybe he'll be opening at Arlington Heights. You never know. Maybe he'll be maybe he'll be quarterback by then. I wouldn't <laughs> rule out a guy like Stetson Bennett with his college resume because he is a winner wherever he goes. And you have to consider that when you're bringing him into the mix. I just hope that the Bears, I know you're way against this, and I find it interesting that you're so vehemently opposed, but don't they have to add somebody to the meeting room to develop a nope. young quarterback? No? You say no? Nope. Okay. No. I, I just, I mean, I, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fascination for people. And I understand why it's a fascination because it's the most important position in the sport and you have to swing and you have to go there. Number one, you have to do it. If you fall in love with a guy, the idea that you just take a quarterback because you need a quarterback in the building. If he sucks, he sucks. And there's so many different examples of 25 years of guys that have taken in rounds four through seven who suck. And, and, and I don't want someone who sucks just because he's another body in the quarterback's room. Um, look, I get the, I get the intrigue in it. You just, if it makes sense, you make it make sense, but you don't force the issue and you, you, you figure it out from there. So again, this is like, I wish we, we really probably need to keep a binder and maybe this is my homework assignment for myself of things that we need to revisit two years down the road where we come back to Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, Case Keenum 2.0 and Stetson Bennett and say, Let, how did David's things work out? I, in 2021, David, if you recall, I had some intel that obviously the Bears were picking 20th going into that draft. And they, there was no guarantee that they were going to get what they wanted out of that. Now they did. They were able to trade up. Justin Fields fell out of the top 10. They got him at number 11. But it was my understanding that, that if they were unable to get a quarterback on day one, that their day two target was going to be Kellen Mond from Texas okay. A&M, and yeah. that if they had to go into to round four or later, they were going to be looking at Notre Dame's Ian Book. Okay, So, so th those were going to be the fallback plans if they didn't get everything to fall the way it fell on that fateful night in April of 2021. Well, how are Ian Book and, and Kellen Mond doing right now in their careers? Not so good. 
Not so good. But the, come on. I mean, the, the hit rate in round one is bad enough. Now, right. now get me to the day three hit rate at when, quarterbacks and then and then figure it out from there. When I made the jump to Sports Talk Radio, they said there would be no archives. That I, what I could say wouldn't be brought back in years to be held against me like they can when you're in your every day you're recording history as a, as a sports writer. See, you're right about that because, yeah, the, the, the only archives that we should keep here are for those Melvin Scott Tutoron Horn Awards, honk, honk. Right, that we did it exactly. the last exactly. regular season. So we only keep the things that sound smart. And so you're right. I, I'm. I, I'll keep that binder privately. We can talk about it off the air. But no way we're going to bring that to the the public forum and embarrass ourselves like that. And I'll add this to the Stetson Bennett drama. So he was at Georgia in 2017 and left. Justin Fields was there in 2018 and left. After Uh-oh. Justin Fields left in 2018, Stetson Betson. Bennett returned. <laughs> so maybe they don't get along. I don't know. Maybe there's a little drama to be looked at here. That now, I want, now I want them to get them so that we no. have to, to dig into that further with both guys and find out what the heck we, what was going on during Let's that time. Let's face period. it. Let me tell you. And here's one thing I will guarantee. If they drafted Stetson Bennett, you would be writing that story the Monday after the draft because that would be the most compelling third-day draft pick that the Bears would make. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely write it, and I would be rolling my eyes every word that I typed into the laptop. And you would have to work into it somehow <laughs> that he has the name of a country music star, and one day he might be senator. And he will also follow in the footsteps of David Fales at House okay. Hall. Okay, David fails, which is a declarative sentence. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and a more accurate declarative sentence than Kylie Fitz. <laughs> Very well played. Kung Fu. <laughs> yes. So, all right. What else do we have to cover? Anything that we have forgotten? Uh, the only thing is, is like we've talked about this briefly um, and we'll just touch on it. It's just this idea of the, the, the Chase Claypool. I gave you that name on the last episode as, as somebody I was going to write about. And just the idea that this number 32 pick is something we have to keep our eyes on going forward because of the, the players that are going to be available there, that the Bears aren't going to have a chance to get. And then they're going to have to wait until the mid 50s to pick again. And, and, and we need to see what Chase Claypool becomes as a receiver. And I think there's at least some apprehension or trepidation inside the building in Lake Forest that that maybe their dice roll is not going to return the uh, dividends that they thought it was going to. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating 2023 for Chase Claypool. He's in the final year of his rookie contract. The Bears are going to have to see a lot more than they saw in 2022 to make him part of their plans for 2024 and beyond. And so he is one of those players that that is going to require a, a microscope, even though you get DJ Moore. You have to make sure that you still evaluate Chase Claypool for what they invested in him. And they invested the number 32 overall pick in him with the belief that he could be an every week difference maker for a young developing quarterback. I think the the final numbers in terms of the connection between Fields and Claypool in the five games they played together last year was 10 catches, 60 yards. That's not turning. That's not moving the needle, right? If we're talking about moving the needle, that doesn't move the needle. Okay. Final, we're going to do this every week if I can remember it. Final non-Bears thought for you, and I want you to have a non-Bears opinion here. Did you hear, because you're such an I-L-L-I-N-I guy, that Roger Powell, the beloved figure of the 2005 uh, Illinois Final Four team, Roger Powell Jr. became the head coach of the Valparaiso Crusaders today. How about that? What is your reaction to Roger Powell getting a head coaching job at Valpo. The Rev. 
Roger Powell was 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 an awesome, awesome contributor on that team that played for the national championship game. He is also the author of a moment, David. I actually tweeted this out last week in in conjunction with uh, it was sent to me by good friend Brett Strelo, uh, who is now in the uh, athletic department and runs the the football information office at Appalachian State, but it is one of my most unprofessional moments on press row. And it's Final Four <laughs> Saturday in St. Louis, and I'm covering Michigan State, North Carolina in the nightcap, so I get to sit through the first game of that session, which is Illinois-Louisville. So I, I don't have anything to write. I'm just sitting there watching with a, you know, a seat. If you remember this, and I, again, you can go to my Twitter feed and find the video. Roger Powell uh, took over for like a two-minute span, hits a three, goes down the other end, gets the rebound, comes back down, shoots another three, misses this one, but Tip dunks his own missed three. And this is what I did on press row at the Edward Jones Dome. Oh! <laughs> and then I sat down and remembered that I was supposed to be a professional reporter. And it took me like five minutes to get my composure back because Roger Powell gave me that much uh, adrenaline. And Who that were you much working for at that, that point? Who were you working for in 2005? The Fayetteville Observer down in Fayetteville North Carolina. Observer. So yep. I was the guy from the Chicago Tribune covering the same game saying, who's the Yahoo from the Fayetteville Observer? No not, doubt. Not acting professional. Look at this small town dope over here jumping out of his seat on a missed dunk. Like, get it together. This is not what we do on press row. So that's my okay. full confession. See, uh, see aren't you glad, glad you asked me now? I'm so glad I asked you that. I'm so glad. <laughs> I-L-L-I-N-I, Roger Powell to Valparaiso. Okay, those are all the Bears thoughts and non-Bears thoughts that we have for this episode. We'll be back next week and I'm sure there'll be plenty more. It'll be a good weekend. It'll be a fun uh, development. We'll find out, and we'll start breaking down some of the draft uh, positioning and, and philosophy and prospects, and maybe there'll be another homework assignment. So it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll get back together next week. Dan, anything else? That's it. I hope everyone enjoys their Easter weekend, and happy Masters weekend as well, because that should be a fun weekend, even though it sounds like the weather is going to be pretty bad in Georgia for a couple of days. Absolutely. Okay, for everyone here at the Take the North podcast, thank you for listening. You can find us on the free Odyssey app, or you can watch us on 670 Scores YouTube page. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. For Dan Weeder and Adam Sadzinski, I'm David Haw from the Mullen Haw Show. We'll talk to you next time. Oh! <laughs>